Welcome to Response Leadership, a podcast featuring the top minds in emergency response, being brought to you by the Texas A&M Engineering Extension Service. My name is Craig Weaver, and I work here at Teeks in Marketing and Communications. Also joining me from Teeks today is Dr. Jason Motes, who is the director of the Teeks Testing and Innovation Center, and a colleague and collaborator, if you will, of our guest today, Mr. Kevin Sofin who is the Director of Motivation at W.S. Darley and Company. And before I keep reading information about you, I'll say thank you to both of you for being on here and welcome. It's a pleasure and, to be here. Thank you for having me. And why don't you tell us, instead of me reading things about you, why don't you tell us a little bit about smartfirefighter.com and a little bit about what you do and 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 who you are? Yeah, and again, thanks thanks for the opportunity to be here on this platform and been a huge fan and, and always loved everything that, that Teeks has done over the years. Um, and, and myself, uh, my name is Kevin Sofin. I, I live in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, this April, this FDIC is actually my 11-year anniversary with WS Darling Company. I've uh, been with them uh, starting off commercializing a range of different products on the disaster response side, disaster preparedness side, doing some work on the water treatment and packaged water. And then the past five years, it's pivoted to a little bit of uh, some of the new smarter tech, looking at autonomous drone solutions, uh, immersive learning, virtual reality training, and then some other things with biometrics and wearables and, and tracking devices. Um, so a lot of it's been listening to the market and kind of seeing as the technology continues to move very fast, seeing where technology can integrate to really bring value to the fire service. Of course, the fire service has a rich tradition and a way of doing things. So it's it's definitely a process with how we can sort of crawl, walk, run, bringing technology integration to the to public safety over time. And then it was around, I think it was 2017 or so, where Casey Grant, uh, NIST, and NFPA wrote this great report called The Roadmap to the Future of Smart Firefighting. It's this awesome report. Yeah. I think it's like 300 some pages. And it was one of those things where when I saw it, I was like, man, I got to read this cover to cover. Printed it. I've read it multiple times. It's sort of been a North Star Bible for me. Um, but I kind of was stuck thinking, well, oh, great. Okay, this is a great report, but what next? How do we keep this ball bouncing? And so that's when working with some of the colleagues at Darley, uh, Mike and Matt and Peter, we thought, hey, how could we just build a community, build a, build a website where we just bring people together to talk about innovation and public safety? Uh, so just on the back of that idea, we created this website and a lot of the engagement's been through these podcasts and roundtables where I've bucketed the different stakeholders in the public safety into four key buckets. One is the the entrepreneur, the startup, the the hustler, the grinder, someone kind of from a different industry trying to bring technology into public safety and it has good intentions. The second are some of these institutional players. Uh, which would be .govs, .orgs, .edus, the, the TEKS of the world, the IFCs of the world, uh, UL, and NFPA, groups like that. Uh, the third are some of these existing channel partners. That would be like a Darley, a, T, uh, a, a TFT, a Pierce, groups like that that already really have, know the market and have existing distribution and sales and presence. And then the fourth, the most important are the first responders, public safety members, really people who are actually the beneficiaries of some of this technology. And the idea is how do we create a vibrant community that brings these different stakeholders together and just talk, learn. Uh, it's Smart Firefighting is a free and independent, inclusive community. Um, and it, it always will be free and inclusive where we wanna just offer opportunities for 
people doing great stuff in public safety to come together and learn. So I think we can all agree that it definitely takes a village. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of problems. And, and right now it's, it's just continuing to grow and get traction and momentum. And frankly, it's just a, a pleasure and honor to continue to be a piece of the puzzle as we look to integrate technology within the work of public safety. Well, dealing this podcast dealing with leadership, it seems like you deal a lot with technology and innovation. And this seems like a huge question, but what do you see as true innovation? Innovation comes in many shapes and sizes. And I think oftentimes people are kind of blinded by the sexy widget or the fancy software dashboard. And yes, there's aspects of innovation in there for sure. Uh, but instead of kind of looking at how technology can kind of save us and, and kind of just like, you know, solve all our problems. I think we need to look at, it's it's not about technology necessarily. It's not necessarily about innovation. Personally, I care about progress. I care about getting better, whether that's less injuries, less line of duty deaths, um, the fire and disaster prevented. Um, so this progress comes in many forms. So that, frankly, that could be in the form of a new method of education that we're using in a community risk reduction program. Uh, for example, uh, Kirk McKenzie with working with Consumers Fire Department and, and River did a really cool example of capturing a 360 video of when you see the siren, hold to the right. And they created this really cool video. They put it on YouTube, enabled 360 video with that, and then got some sponsors to, to fund these cardboard VR headsets and then use that as a public outreach campaign to educate people about when you see the sirens, pull over. Don't be that guy or girl that's in the way uh, because those seconds matter. And, and for me, I looked at that, I was like, wow, that's such a cool way of leveraging low cost tech with some funding to really do something that can drive the needle on something with public safety. And, and other, other kind of simple forms, examples, uh, you know, I think of, uh, and I'm, I don't, know if I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying names and stuff, but like I look at example like a tablet command where like they, you know, kind of taking paper and, and putting stuff on an iPad and, and just making it digital. And frankly, if you can find efficiencies in a certain ways where you can like, you know, if you can save a million dollars, that's amazing. If you could save someone five hours a week, that's even better. Uh, and so, it, it, yes, it can be in the form of autonomous drone solutions that are, uh, you know, drone as a first responder and you're getting eyes in the sky immediately. It could be a virtual reality training that's finding a way to offer more sets and reps for high risk situations like lithium ion car battery fires. Or there could be new oh. educational programs that allow people to talk about mental health because there's the, sure. the challenges with mental health and public safety is all there. And, and frankly, I think this this whole concept of innovation and what is it, it does start from the top. And that's a leadership play yeah. in terms of being able to embrace that hey, the fire service is, is one of the best uh, brother and sisterhoods in the world. Having said that, we have issues. And so I think it's embracing that what we have is amazing, but we need to acknowledge that it's it's we need to evolve. We need to get better because there are alarming stats with cancer, with heart attacks, with suicide, that frankly, those are the things that, that get me up in the morning and, and kind of upset me in a way that motivates me to to keep driving forward. So I think, again, it's it's not also, I guess, the final thing with innovation is that you don't necessarily need to build something brand new. 
sometimes innovation comes in the form where you can take something that already exists, repurpose it in another format, and deliver value in a new manner. And I think that's something to everyone where you think you have to be a, a Mark Zuckerberg or an Elon Musk, and, and no doubt those 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 two in particular, are, you know, incredible entrepreneurs. But innovation can can be just finding a way and putting a new spin on it and delivering value in a new way to a new audience. You know, hey, Kevin, it's mm-hmm. Jason here. I, I was I was just going to jump in. I think one of the things that, that really strike me about what you're saying is, you know, it's uh, where it, it's not about the technology. It really is. Innovation really is about the leadership and and leaders need to be able to make those connecting points. So it's not just, hey, here's the newest widget. Here's the the most sexy thing that we've got, but it's also here's how to use it and here's how it makes your job better. Here's how it, it helps you do better. It, did I get that right? Yeah. And and Dr. Lori Moore told me this when I was with her at the Innerschutz show in Germany and maybe another time, but she had mentioned it's it, it isn't about the tech. And frankly, we have the tech and and one piece of technology by itself doesn't really do much. But technology integrated and adopted from a from progressive leaders that understand the change management process that's where you can get systematic positive change and and so those are some of the things that i've seen from from dr Lori moore's message and her kind of idea of one voice that that really inspires me about how we can take disparate different pieces of technology pull it together deliver it as in a new form of value and, and ultimately like you said jason it does come from the top and having that change management mindset from a leadership to actually deliver and bring something that's actually going to bring value to public safety members yeah we had a chance to talk a couple times before this and, and what you're saying i wanted to touch on a few things that that you feel are important talk about the importance of listening as leaders this was something that Lori Moore, Dr. Lori Moore talked about on one of my podcasts. And I've always had the I've always believed that empathy is a superpower. And, and truly putting your shoe yourself in the shoes of someone else gives you the ability to really understand what are their problems, what are their challenges. And if you're just sort of assuming that the, that you know what their problems are, that's that's a, a slippery slope and you're probably just gonna end up wasting a lot of time and money. And one of my biggest frustrations, as I've seen with some innovators and entrepreneurs in public safety, is they do just that. They they read some books, they watch some YouTube videos, they sit in the whiteboard, in front of a whiteboard, and start spending money and designing stuff without actually going into a fire station and talking to a firefighter, talking to a fire chief, talking to a captain, going to a show and and talking with industry stakeholders. And if you're not actually talking with your customer, you're just guessing. And I think sure. if you can actually put it's that age old phrase, you know, live, live your live a day in the life of someone else's shoes. And and it, it's hard to do that. You can never have 100 percent true, real deployed empathy because you can't actually be that person. But you can you can have some coffee with them. You could you know get a beer with them. You could talk with them and really see what 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 keeps you up at night. What are the things that most excite you? What do you watch when you watch TV? What do you watch? you listen to podcasts what you watch and i think those are some of the kind of the 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 sense making and small data and and qualitative stuff that really allow you to kind of understand the nuances of 
what's going to work here? What what's what actually is going to sort of resonate with you? And and then you can kind of get into the UI and the UX of the design and how big should this button be and what color should it be and where should we place it and and stuff like that. Uh, but if it's still if if you're building on the house of cards and not um, you know truly listening to the end user, um, again you're going to waste money. And that's been one of my biggest drivers with smartfirefighting.com is connecting the dots between entrepreneurs that have good intentions with first responder and industry stakeholders. And, and Dr. Dr. Motes has been a, a great resource where we've introduced some startups to Jason and and, I, and Jason's given good feedback of, hey, don't like that. Hey, this, this would be helpful. Um, and obviously then there's a whole extensive TEKS tested program, which is a whole nother thing. But uh, I think that's just sort of uh, an important message to anyone that's thinking about innovating is spend some time doing your problem framing. Really ask why until you can, can't ask why anymore and then go from there. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, that comes to mind is I, I have a, a good friend of mine here at Texas A&M that uh, likes to remind me about uh, it's all about, the, you know, the solution and how many times we've had solutions that go looking for problems. And the reality is we need to start with the problem and build toward solving that problem uh, so it's uh it's that's a really important point kevin about it, you've got to listen you know that user-centered design to speak uh, in terms of the engineer it starts there it starts with listening and you know the five whys exercise and peeling back everything to understand the root of the issue so that you can build toward something that's a viable solution yeah and i know talking with first responders sometimes they'll get a kick when they look at something they're like i never use i would never use that and it's like uh, you kind of and and that's not that that's a bad thing that's just a matter of have those conversations and understand well okay well what problem are you really seeking to solve and and just know that if you're going to get first responders to actually use something it needs to integrate with some of their existing sops And, and if it's going to be super transformative transformational that's amazing but what change management needs to occur and, and as you mentioned, both Craig and Jason before, it's we don't really have a technology issue. I don't think we have a funding issue. I think we're looking at the challenges, applying the right technology to the right problems and getting the right top down leadership buy in to implement these new technology and best practices to continue to drive these these incremental and, and exponential opportunities for impact. I think we've all probably been in our life uh, associated with something that either products or policy that we can immediately tell this was built or or implemented by someone who does this and knows what they're doing and has had some years at it and it's always the best stuff. Yeah, and that's the stuff that's just super tasteful and authentic and you can like you open right. up the box, you see it and it there there's simplicity in a design and and of yeah. course let's say like when you open up the the apple phone and you know what steve jobs did with kind of creating this exceptional experience um you know or kind of what amazon has done now with just kind of making everything so incredibly convenient um mm-hmm. i think there's there's aspects of inspiration from those and, and again you don't have to be steve jobs or jeff bezos but you can use little aspects of their their psyche to drive 
drive again uh, make sure you really understand the customer and your problem before you seek to actually solve any said problem another couple of things i wanted to ask you about that we had spoken about or written to each other about um i want you to define and talk about risk averse environment yeah i mean incorporating innovation into risk adverse environments is hard and i mean you you see there's there's a lot of stuff going on in in, in, in industrial uh, safety, there's a lot of stuff going on in municipal safety. And I think there's, I mean, Teeks testing does a great job of kind of understanding, hey, if, if you're going to buy a product for this risk averse environment, we're going to make sure that it does what it says it's going to do. And and I think it's, it's easy to say, hey, we're going to have some new technology that's going to solve the challenge of electrical car fires, or we're going to have something that's going to help uh, suppress fires more effectively during construction projects. And so, I mean, I guess a lot of it kind of comes down to of kind of comes back to the power of listening of truly doing an audit of what's being done now, what could be done better, and in making sure you have the different people at the at the table. And, and I think for that, it's having the safety coordinators there, having the risk managers there, the fire chiefs, the CEOs, the school principals, the mayors, and, and really kind of looking at, well, what's the cost of what's happening now and what kind of what's the cost of inaction and then starting to again reverse engineer with from the problem of what what solutions make sense and then of course you don't want to deploy a solution that is potentially going to make the situation worse and frankly that's why the groups like teeks and ifsi and um, these shows are and the other organizations are so important because as great as intentions of these for these entrepreneurs have uh, we're talking about the the worst of the worst situations and, and you know, it's a boy scout quote of right. expect the best prepare for the worst you need yeah. to design for the lowest common denominator because when you're talking about first responders that are out on the job and it's it's three in the morning and it's freezing cold right. and they're going out and if your device doesn't work then what the heck and and i think um you know something i i think about a lot is with within this whole aspect of wanting to bring innovation to public safety one of the challenges is that technology is moving so fast but mm -hmm. the fire service can only concurrently move so fast and there's the nfpa standards and you know there's all these other aspects of kind of things you need to keep in mind um, but when thinking of how to incorporate innovation into this risk averse environment it's as even though there's problems today is that you need patience and my mom that kind of always told me this is like kevin it's it's not a revolution it's an evolution and you want to move fast and yes it's a sprint but no it's a marathon and we need to be mindful of the fact that stuff takes time you need to have patience you need to go through the testing you need to go through the conversations the market and the policy unfortunately move so fast and frankly we do need some innovation to continue to move the the policy stuff and and the, the testing stuff uh, but again i think it kind of comes down to we need institutional partners in play we need the nonprofits in, in conversations we need entrepreneurs at the table we need ceos at the table and by continuing to do that it's not going to happen overnight but i think um, anything worth wanting and innovation takes time and we just need to keep keep pushing forward one of the things I'd add to that too, Kevin, is, you know, th there's going to be failures along the way. There's going to be times um, that uh, it it's not going to work as either sold or as intended. And we have to be a little willing to accept that 
as part of this because we're pushing you know we're in a we're in a world right now where fractions of a second make a difference and uh, and I have seen situations where you've got people waiting for the perfect solution to answer everything where they could have incrementally, like you said, during the evolution, incrementally started taking on something and, you know, implementing here and then understanding that there's a path forward. And I think uh, as we work through the risk adverse environments and and build things like that, I think that that's a really, really important piece to remember not everything is going to to work and we've got to be willing to accept that and, and work on it in this innovation sometimes it's okay to be incremental it's okay to be baby step as some of these entrepreneurs i talk to want to light the world on fire figuratively and in, in the best way possible possible it is you got to have the thousand conversations you got to fail a hundred times you got to do all these all these different little things to be able to bring something that's going to solve a real problem for a real person and not just focused on raising money to look good and have some title on your Instagram to showcase how you're helping first responders. Um, and I'm not saying that's everyone, but I do want to just really caution anyone that, again, empathy and talk to your customers and have patience because anything that anything significant there's there's no hack there's no shortcut there's no cutting corners it is you need to talk to a thousand firefighters you need to make a hundred different in-person visits and by doing that that's when you understand oh you know what what are your actions like in a risk averse environment how how are you actually what, what what are your what are your movements like what are you thinking and and then of course the other thing that just came to mind is just to everyone thinking is what what's your cognitive load like and when you're in that situation and all of a sudden you got a hundred things going on, you're, you're, I always think in the movie, um, watch with my nieces and nephews, the, the, the movie inside out. Um, and you have all these emotions going on. Yeah. You got fear, right. anger, uh, sadness, and they're all just part of our human DNA. Um, but especially when fight or flight mode comes up, like you are just tunnel laser focused. And so just when thinking of, uh, again, the whole idea of you need a, we need to practice how we play and we need to design how technology is actually going to be used in the field. Um, that comes from really understanding the just the, the, the emotional dynamic of how first responders live their life, um, how they interact when they're at the station and how they are operating when they're actually on the job. Do you see that in terms of all those things that sound like healthy ways to uh collaborate and design and implement do you see the industry going more towards that that way or is, is it has it changed a lot to get better is it is it getting better yeah i mean i'm i, I like to think of myself as a eternal optimist and glass half full uh, yeah. and frankly it's yes absolutely i've been in the industry for going on 11 years now and i will definitely yeah. say from just the what I see at trade shows to what I've been involved with, it's it's really inspiring and exciting to see all of the different cross collab cross collaboration happening. And frankly, even in the past 12 months, from what I've seen, and I credit a lot of this to Dr. Lori Moore, she has really driven. Hey, this is this starts from the top, and this is one voice. 
whether it's the the National Volunteer Fire Council, whether it's the International Association of Firefighters, International Association of Fire Chiefs, TEKS, IFSI, all these groups are important. You all serve a role, but let's put our egos at the door and let's come together to talk about these problems. And let's talk about, you know, I, I always love, let's bring people, I, I always like to be the dumbest person at the table. And I like bringing people that are way smarter than me that know what they're talking about. And this is my take is bring people together, talk about stakeholders, document best practices, share, connect the dots, bring people together and just keep doing that because there's, there is a strong hunger amongst emerging leaders um, within public safety to get better. And again, innovation doesn't mean you need to spend 2 million bucks on a new software program. Like innovation can be use free tools like Corey Claiborne on a podcast I did gave a whole thing talking about using Google tools and Google Mind Maps for incident command planning just to have something. And and I think kind of getting past that idea of using excuses to for inaction. And that is unacceptable because the only then you're just making up excuses to do nothing when really there's actually quite a bit of resources. Um, uh, but to know to your most recent question, I just I'm very hopeful and excited because I do think there's this one voice mentality happening across all stakeholders. And of course, companies have their desires to make profits. And we live in a capitalistic, capitalistic society, and that's just the inherent nature. Um, but I think we, we, I, I just, I also encourage continued collaboration and, and licensing and partnership opportunities because in the end of the day, we, we all, I think we all want the same thing. And I know first responders mostly all want the same thing and that, they they want to go out and do their job, help and help those in need come home and 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 be with their families. Um, and and I think there's we can, we can all agree that we want to continue to help and support that mission. And and there's a lot of ways to go about it. And it definitely it this kind of work cannot happen in a silo. And it, it's going to take it's going to take everyone. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us, for giving us your time and your your knowledge. It was great to have you on here today. It's a pleasure, Craig. I really admire every, all the work that you and Jason and Vita and everyone at Teeks is doing. And just want to say, keep up the good work and excited to continue to keep collaborating with Teeks. Absolutely. And Dr. Motes, thank you as always for being on here and adding your legitimacy to this, uh, this podcast. And I want to thank you for listening to Response Leadership, brought to you by Texas A&M Engineering Extension Service. New episodes will be released on the fourth Tuesday of every month. And we're asking that you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit us at teeks.org slash podcast.